1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our Friday show. We've been talking to Nicholas Black all this week of Harvest USA. Uh, Nicholas, I've appreciated this discussion. I know it's a helpful discussion in, in between recordings we've just shared. Uh, just the, the importance of uh, passing on a biblical sexuality in the home and in the church and uh, just the the Sadness, the sorrow, the pain, the brokenness we've seen. I mean, as I was sharing with Nicholas, being in student ministry for over 15 years and seeing students struggle with this and families and, and the pain there, um, kind of fueling our passion uh, for, hopefully, uh, parents and youth workers uh, talking about this. And We pray uh, that the Lord uses this podcast to hopefully um, help uh, equip those uh, to have those discussions. And really, that's kind of where we're going today with this uh, question. Uh, Nicholas, the, the question is, what words of advice uh, would you like to give to parents talking to their children about biblical sexuality? And so this can be, you know, first steps for those parents listening, thinking, I've never talked much out about sex. I don't even know where to begin to those parents who have initiated it, but the encouragement to continue uh, the conversation. So just kind of practical ways to engage and um, talk to their children.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. And i I hope it's okay to say, um, start out with a warning, okay? Uh, we know the age in which we live. Sex, sensuality, sexuality is the dominant way in which individuals now measure their self-worth, their identity, the, uh, the degree to which um, life is meaningful and purposeful. I mean, it's all been sort of reductionistically centered in on sex and sexuality. Um, so we as parents cannot be quiet on this issue. So I would just say the warning is if you're silent and you're not doing anything about discipling your children to become the man or woman God wants them to be with regard to sex and sexuality, then then you will allow the, the culture to entirely shape and form them. The internet is great. The internet is dangerous. There is no greater dissemination of, of ideas with such speed and rapidity as the internet. Um, so, the first thing is, and I, I mentioned this in an earlier program, um, with that warning, pick your pain. You know, it's really hard to talk about the most intimate and vulnerable thing that we have and do as people. Sexual intimacy is incredibly awkward to talk about. Um, So I would encourage parents, start as young as your children are, you know, start talking about naming body parts, naming parts of your body that you need to help them understand that they're their own, that they're not to be used by anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Start introducing terms about sexual desires and behavior. Uh, Start at four years old, start at five. Uh, The earlier that you begin these discussions, the less pain it's going to be when you know what's ahead. When they start hitting puberty, those ages in which desires become, you know, they raise their head, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. You've got you to gotta engage those conversations. It's a lot harder to do that when you've been silent all these years. And all of a sudden you, you think, I've got to have the talk. <laughs> um, one of the things you want to get out of your head is it's not the talk or a talk. You must have a series of talks at all the ages and stages your children are until they begin to leave your house as as a young adult you wouldn't have one talk about jesus christ in your home Hmm. uh what you want to do about about teaching your children about jesus is to have a series of discussions all the way you need to do that with sexuality as well so um that's that's the one thing um you want to be able to do is you be the discipler of your your children just as you would not drop them off in the middle of a city at night when they're mm-hmm. very young with no directions, no phone, no way to get home, but tell them, Hey, expect your home before, before midnight. You wouldn't do that as a parent. Well, if you're not talking with your kids, you're basically placing them, so to speak, right in the middle of the internet and telling them to make sense of everything mm-hmm. and you want them to turn out. Okay. It's not going to happen. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. So it is a great thing to be talking about this stuff with your kids. That's the first thing. Hmm. Second yeah. thing, uh, technology and the internet go hand in hand. So, you know, you're going to be giving your kids devices that are just amazing in their ability to connect your child to the world and other people. But again, they're portals, and they're going to let in a lot of stuff that's really bad. So... Take all the measures that you should be doing, putting filters on these devices, Wi-Fi controls in your home, accountability software for older kids who are taking cell phones with them where they can internet the inter, access the Internet no matter where they are. You need to know what your kids are looking at. You need to know what they're spending time in. So treat technology with all the respect and care that it deserves don't let it control your kids' lives. Uh, That's the next thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And something real quick to jump in on you there. I remember just um, a piece of advice that Tim Challies gives uh, that that I think is is helpful is uh, simply counting up the number of screens that you have in your home. Mm -hmm. You know, he said that that as you're thinking about You know, getting control on technology in your home, and as you've already said, and I would say, as we've said on this podcast, technology is a good gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be wise in how we use it. But he just said, actually, counting up the number of screens often surprises parents because, like you said, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a portal where the world is getting into your home. Yeah. We've got to be sure we know where all those screens are because even the old iPhone that's sitting in a desk drawer somewhere child can plug it in and connect to Wi-Fi and can be having access outside of the home without parents even being aware so I think that's just kind of a practical count up the number of screens that are in your home um, because it's yeah
0: and John I have this tragic story Um, one of the worst stories I encountered by being here at Harvest was having a parent come to me and say that her her ten-year-old son had crept into his seven six-year-old daughter's bedroom at night when she was having a sleepover with friends, and he sexually assaulted one of her phones. Goodness. And, and when, when that came to light, what they discovered, to their horror, what their 10-year-old son had been looking at hardcore pornography <clears throat> on their tablet for a couple of years. Unbelievable. And, and so what happened to this young boy was being so immersed in this, this, this filth that one of the things that that he didn't understand was the difference between fantasy and reality. Hmm. So he began to think that all girls wanted this. And as a 10-year-old boy, being all alone, he crept into this young girls. One of the hardest things I had to say to this parent was, you might think I'm I'm really, really crazy for telling you this, but you need to go to the police. Hmm. Your son is committed as a 10-year-old a criminal offense and that young girl who's seven years old needs help. Mm -hmm. And they did. Mm -hmm. And it worked out well, you know, the police got involved, social agencies got involved. Their worst fear was that their son would be removed from them. It didn't happen thankfully, Mm -hmm. but they got the help that their son needed. And this young girl and their parents needed help because Mm -hmm. their daughter was sexually assaulted by, by their son. Um, This stuff is real and it it is happening out there. So, yeah, you got to take measures.
1: Mm. And that's a good point. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because there is, and we've said it on this podcast plenty of times, there's a sense in which some parents do downplay the seriousness of this. And they think, oh, it's just kind of something children go through teenagers experience it's just a phase or something along those lines so to bring up the severity of this and where this can lead Mm -hmm. um, but but also to talk a little bit about sexual abuse um, to us I know we referenced it the other day and so those parents that are listening not only kind of first steps of having this conversation but what are some steps to to possibly you know prevent some of this and we would know having those ongoing conversations kind of welcoming the conversation from the child but but just some of the ways in which parents can um, bring up the topic of sexual abuse you know cautioning their children just just what's some counsel some advice you would have for parents specifically talking about sexual abuse
0: yeah knowing the statistics John that as much as 25% of young women uh, prior to the time in which they become an adult, have been sexually molested or abused or exploited, and that boys are somewhere around maybe the 15 20% level as well, um, should, should help parents to know that they've got to bring this issue up fairly early. Now, you know, it begins with teaching your children about their body parts and that there are places that are private that only they should have control over, uh, and that that um, that anybody who intrudes upon those places in their body and forces them into behaviors that they know and have been taught are wrong at that age, um, you need to help them know that it's a safe place for them. They, as parents, are a safe place for them to go and say, something happened to me. Let me tell you. Um, so parents as you know, that's the nightmare for most parents. Let's, let's be honest. So they have to teach their kids that being silent um, is bad for the person who hurt them and being silent is bad for them. Talk about it. So come to us. But I know that I also taught my daughter that if she felt for some reason that I was not safe or her mom was not safe, that we would identify a safe person for her to go to talk to. And that, in our, in our life, was we had key parents um, and friends. So she could go talk to our, our friends' parents and talk to them. And that actually happened to, to us where I actually, there was a 14-year-old girl um, that I was good friends with her parents. She did not tell her parents that she had been um, sexually molested by an older man. Um, she, she came to me and handed me her diary.
1: Hmm.
0: and she told me to read what happened last week. Hmm. I don't know why she wasn't safe with her parents. Her parents are great parents, but for some reason, being the pastor of the church, she came to me, and when I read that, um, I knew what I had to do. I called the police, and then we got all sorts of help for her and and actually help, and, and the person was convicted uh, hmm. of what he did. No, find no identify safe people. Don't just say go to someone face safe. Identify who they are. And then the third, the safe thing to do as well is identify that you have to go to the police. And I know that's the scariest thing because kids are going to feel like they're responsible for, you know, bad things happening to the person that they know. Most abuse occurs not by a stranger, but by someone you know and you care about. Um but actually, going to the police and the authorities is the right thing to do, and it's the only way for for the for the help to happen to that person mm-hmm. so that's that's what I would do
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's some some good advice and and good counsel there and something important we, we need to to bring up and wanted to continue that. Um, I know we were in the middle of kind of first steps on biblical sexuality. Was there any other thoughts you had on kind of giving advice
0: to parents before we start to close this out um I would say most parents today, sadly, are still not talking to their kids when they're young. So they are going to come up to those moments when their kids are sitting around the kitchen table and they're 14, 15, 16, and maybe they've heard a talk or someone said, hey, have you ever talked to your kids about sex? And the answer is no. You know, I had a talk at a church once um, where a parent came up to me and said, um, I'm sorry I didn't go to your talk, but I never talked to my kids about sex, so I just didn't want to feel guilty. Hmm. Ouch. Um, you know, you got to, we've said enough how important it is to disciple your kids on this, not just to have one talk, but a series of discussions over the, the, the life of your kid. But if you're in this place where you haven't talked, then we really encourage parents to just put these things out on the table and. Pick your pain in that moment and say, I'm sorry, I haven't had these talks, but I'd like to know what you know already about something I've not taught you about. Hmm. And so that's just to begin the discussion about what the culture thinks, what your friends think, and, and what you think about it. And then that hopefully will open a door for the parent to say, I've been wrong. I need to repent before you that I've been quiet on this thing. This great gift that God has given you, and I've not said anything about it. Um, And then inviting the child for some discussions. Um, Even if it happens late, let it happen late. Mm -hmm. The worst thing to do is never to have it Mm -hmm. uh, at all. So step into that pain even even when they're older. Um, believe that god is going to take even our failures which he does every day he does and he makes something good out of the things that we have broken and we have been negligent on and uh, and then see god at work on those things amen yeah that's some some
1: good counsel there because there are those no doubt who listen to this and just think it's too late you know my my child is a sophomore junior senior in high school I've never talked to them and so it's just it's too late but that advice it's it's not too late um, that, that yes we should hopefully start these conversations sooner but to go to your child and to say forgive me you know I've, I've failed you in this area I love you as a child and forgive me and mm-hmm. not to start there with asking for forgiveness and repentance but then starting the conversation um, there. I think that's some some excellent counsel and I, I did want to make mention of this just since we were having this discussion and uh, thinking of resources uh, Justin and Lindsay Holcomb wrote a book called God Made All of Me and that's a children's book um, that I think you know you can begin two years old, three years old on up to, to ten that just educates uh, children on the parts of their body and uh, very easy to read uh, very helpful resource and, and again giving uh, yeah Justin's story there I think he has some experiences with uh, sexual abuse and so him just trying to give counsel and advice on how to guard parents from that that's a helpful resource and I know we're we're starting to close this out Nicholas I did also just want to mention as we are two males having this discussion that uh, there's no doubt resources at Harvest USA you know for females I mean we specifically referenced the uh, uh, porn addiction that's occurring among females, that this isn't just yeah. a male issue and that there are articles uh, that are dealing with that for those who are listening who are females. Um, Ellen Dykus, I know, has written some articles that are out there. And um, so be sure you know to check out resources for males and females uh, struggling with all sorts of issues. So Nicholas, as we're closing this down, is there anything you'd like to say as we, we close this out?
0: No, I, I've really enjoyed... I'll talk, John, and I'm glad that you have this passion for talking about these issues with youth. And we both know we've seen the brokenness, we've seen the damage, Um, but I know we've also seen the beauty of those who have been healed, who have repented, who have have begun to turn toward Christ and and live within his great design. Um, So we want that to carry both of us as well, not just the broken stories but the redeemed stories. God works in both, you know? So thanks, thanks for what you're doing, brother.
1: absolutely, and amen to that. That's a good place to end is redemption, for sure. Um, So thank you for for bringing that up. And again, thank you for all of your time uh, with us all this week. Uh, We know anyone that comes on the show, uh, you have a lot going on, you have a lot you could be doing. So uh, we appreciate you taking the time out to have this discussion and pray that it serves the Lord's kingdom well. Thank you, John. Buy without money, oh come and feast without pay.